0: We obey his word and we walk in
1: morning, friends. It is hard to believe it is Thursday already. This week has just flown right by, has it not? Uh, and here we are, Thursday morning. We're in the book of Luke, where we have been. We're in Luke chapter 5. If you are following along in your own Bible, uh, that's where we'll be uh, picking up today, Luke 5.12. Uh, and yesterday we considered how Jesus... Uh, called the disciples to take another step with him. And uh, so we're going to take a look at that this morning. Just a little quick review. Uh, and it was out at the lake. Uh, you know, you know, I have to do a comparison, actually, between... I don't know why I just did that. A comparison between... Uh, like Moosehead Lake here in Maine and the Sea of Galilee. I mean, we picture the sea being this great, great big thing, but there are lakes bigger than the Sea of Galilee. And uh, I, I'd have to do the comparison. I haven't done it. To, you know, what's the what's the square footage of or the square mileage of the Sea of Galilee, and what's the square mileage of like uh, Moosehead Lake here in Maine? It, it isn't huge. Uh, It is not a huge lake. I mean, you've got several miles to go around from one end to the other. Uh, We call it the sea. It's really the lake, Lake Gennesaret, uh, as we will see here uh, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. Here it is. There we go. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, this is the Sea of Galilee, with people crowding around him, listening to the word of God, you know, and he saw the boats. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, He did further things to convince Peter of, uh, of just who he was and not only Peter, but the others who were with Peter that they would be convinced, you know, Jesus spoke, the fish all showed up in our nets. We had this great catch of fish we're experienced fishermen. We should know what we're doing, but yet here's Jesus, and this happens. And so we know that at the end of this section, uh, what happens is uh, we're in Luke 5.10, Luke says, uh, there were James, John, sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid from now, and you'll catch men. Now, interestingly... Uh, he didn't say to them in this passage, at least Luke doesn't record, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He says, uh, don't be afraid from you'll catch men. And then we read the next verse, verse 11, it says they left everything and followed him. Uh, they could have perhaps remained as fishermen. You know, I, I've had times along the way when I wondered, could I have remained on the farm and also been a preacher, a pastor, a disciple maker, a you know perhaps yes, perhaps I could have been uh and sometimes in fact more often than not you're not called to leave what you're doing. you're called to take Jesus with you into what you're doing. that's the call of God uh, but in this instance, these ones did leave everything it tells us here in verse uh, verse eleven they left everything and followed him and, and you know if again, if you have watched the the chosen and, and you see this part where you see this the fathers and the, the sons and the family business being passed out and yet the sons walking away to follow Jesus, you you, you get how I, I I just appreciate how the chosen um, paints a picture of the, the the human aspect and the human processing that it takes to come to a point of decision and faith. Now when they followed him what did they follow them into and that's kind of what we're picking up today in verse 12 they followed him into ministry and so jesus took them on a variety of different outings not only was he modeling ministry for them he was doing ministry and showing this is this is what ministry looks like uh, and so he is creating a sense of model for them uh, and really it isn't so much about the healing as it is about the compassion I think that is the broader overarching um, theme that we need to walk away from. Uh, it isn't that you need to go out and do healings, but it is to understand the theme of the compassion that Jesus showed. So we pick up down at verse 12, and it says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, again, disciples following him, it says a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Now, what would you do in a case where there is leprosy? Uh, in a case where there's leprosy most often and this is what most of the religious people do they just stayed away. Run away, run away We need to run away because you know we don't want ourselves to to get leprosy so uh, we we're going to run away from this and, and we don't want to be made unclean and so on and uh, but Jesus took a much much different approach. And we see what happens here. We see that uh, what happens is this man of leprosy came along and says, When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, there's a lot in that statement that we can draw out. First, I mean, A, his condition, his situation. Uh, and, and then we see. Secondly, the next part when he saw Jesus, uh, we felt he fell with his face to the ground. Uh, we see his humility and uh, bowing down before the Lord, and that's what we need to do. And, and you know, I, I, I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, over my years of ministry, I've been disappointed. I'm just going to say it. I've been disappointed that I don't see more people in in churches when there's occasions for prayer coming up to the front pew or to a prayer rail, if you have one in your church and getting on your knees before God, I think we need to see that in churches. Um, Here's this man, this leper falling on his face before God, but here's what happens. We're too spiritual. We're too good. We're too mature. We don't need to do that. Oh yes, we do. I need Jesus every day. And you know, I, I think, what would God do uh, if we actually, now some can't do it physically, I get that, but what what would God do if more people, when it was a, a time for prayer, called a prayer, said, okay, let's get on our knees, we're going to pray. Not because the pastor said, get on your knees and pray, but because you're moved to get on your knees and pray. The man fell with his face to the ground and begged him. This is when when the Holy Spirit is at work. This is when... The Holy Spirit is moving in someone's life so much so that, that, they, uh, that, that they turn and, and that they uh, fall on their face to the ground and, and beg the Lord. And, uh, uh, and he says this. He says these words, Lord, if you are willing. So he, he acknowledges that it's going to require God's will. But then the last thing he says, you can make me clean. It isn't, uh, well, maybe you could, but you can. I mean, there, there is, there is de- definitive faith here in the part of this leper saying, you can do this, Lord, if you want to. You can do this. And, and he acknowledges, and we need to acknowledge that, you know, sometimes it isn't God's will to do something. Sometimes it isn't God's will to heal somebody. Sometimes it isn't God's will to, uh, take someone out of their circumstance because there's there's a, a broader theme, uh, something more he's wanting to do deeper in their soul and their life. But yet the statement, you can make me clean, and the, the question I have to ask to us is, do we possess this type of faith? Do we possess this type of faith wherein we would say, Lord, you can? What is it that you need for the Lord to do You can. Now, I was writing uh, yesterday with uh, somebody who had a need, and it was a gospel need. It was a need for space for a a men's gathering, and this person is a disciple maker, no doubt uh, about it, and the space that they had uh, rented as a group doesn't have a building, and this isn't in America, by the way, Uh, they... uh, all of a sudden the space wasn't available something something got d- double booked and they got bumped and they said we need a space so i going back to John chapter 14 i just i want to take us back there for just a moment because i want us to capture the heart of Jesus in this and uh, let me let me take us over there I'm going to take us to John 14, 10, and then we'll pick up from there. I said, don't you believe that I'm in the Father, the Father is in me? The words that I say are not just my own, rather it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. I mean, so for us to take away from this, we want the Father to do his work in us, and we want to work with the Father. Verse 14, he says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father, the Father is in me. Or at least, if you're if you not going to accept my word for it, believe the evidence of the miracles themselves. I mean, Jesus provided the miracles as evidence of who he was. But then he says this in verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now, the greater things all relate to the work of God. They all relate to the mission of God. They all relate to the gospel of God. They all relate to the compassion of God. And so the greater works, these greater things aren't aren't greater edifices. They aren't greater... What's well, an edifice. It's a building. It isn't larger, more fancier churches. Those aren't the greater things. The greater things are the gospel things. The greater things are the disciple-making things. The greater things are the Acts 2, 41 things, where we see 3,000 people in one fell swoop responding to the gospel. And then over, and I think it's chapter 4, 5,000 people responding to the gospel. That Those are the greater things. And then in verse 13, he says this, uh, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. This, whatever, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, doesn't relate to, uh, Lord, I, I want fancy new wheels for my vehicle. This doesn't relate, and that isn't that God doesn't care about that, but, you know, this those are not the types of things that we can be so confident in prayer over, but if, if they're gospel things, if they're ministry things, if, if they're multiplication things, uh, if if they are great commission, great commandment things, uh, if they're things that are going to move people in greater proximity to Jesus, those are the things that verse 13 here, John four thirteen, he says, I will do whatever you ask so the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, some of you will say, well, he says anything. Yeah, but the context of it is the the, uh, the gospelization, the evangelization, the disciple making is the context that he's talking about here, and we will do even greater things. Now, let me take us back to Luke, we're in chapter five, uh, and we have this this leper. Uh, who says you can make me clean in verse 12 i mean we ask ourselves do we have this type of faith we need to have this type of faith uh and you can do this lord you know i i will tell you it from a ministry perspective right now there are many things that that i need to be bringing before the father in fact this morning i made decision look i you know, I'm waking up at three three thirty. I'm trying to go back to sleep. The, the hour from three 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 thirty to four thirty five o'clock is just, I just wrestle. So I just made the decision. I'm going to start getting up at that hour in the morning, and getting out my Bible, out in my chair in my spot where I sit, and just being with Jesus. And um, why why what's my connection there? Why? Because I want to be with Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Uh, and But then I got thinking about all the different ministry things for which we pray. Uh, we had one of our groups meeting in uh, Bangkok uh, those last several days for training. And um, that's the type of thing where we can have faith. Uh For knowing the Bible College, you know, to have faith that God will continue to grow our school, especially as we try to shape ourselves more and more and more, and and, you know, we're off to a great start. We're we're bigger this semester than we were last semester, which was bigger than the semester before that, Uh, and you know, but but I need to raise a bunch of funds. My board, the the board of trustees, will be saying, "So, Jim, I mean, okay, you raise some money." I'm going to trust God for that. And it's not that I'm not, I'm not going to do work. It's not that I'm not going to write letters and visit people and host desserts and things like that. But I have to trust God. The same thing is we're getting underway, raising the funds, uh, support funds for concentric and uh, all the places you need to go and things you need to do. And I, it, it's a case of trusting God for the ministry. What about in your local church? You know, if your local church is Calvary, Calvary Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, great church, large church. But what's the next big thing for for Calvary Church? You know, and, and how many people are coming to faith in Christ at Calvary Church? Or, or we ask ourselves, uh, uh, ask uh, ask ourselves, uh, you know, what does God want to do in Veracity, or what does God want to do? And here's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't take the disciples and say, okay, let's go to church and have a Bible study. He took them out and did ministry. And that's what we see here in Luke chapter 5. And that's one of the things I want to underscore. What he did with the disciples is, hey, let's go get mature. Let's have a bunch of Bible study. No, he took them. They did ministry. It was on-the-job training that he was giving them. And we cut back into the passage The man said, uh, if you were willing, you can make me clean. So he had a surrender to the sovereignty of God and the sense of God, if you're willing. But he also had a confidence in in the ability of God that you can make me clean. And for us to have a sense of surrender to the sovereignty of God for what God wills, but then also a sense of confidence in God's ability. Verse 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, here's what people would have done. (gasps) No, and you can see this in slow motion. Don't touch that hand. But what does Jesus do? He reaches out and says, I'm going to touch the man. Is our confidence in the flesh, is our is our fear against the uh, against the illness, or is our confidence in God? And Jesus touched the man, and he said, I am willing. He said, be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him. Now, you and I would say, yeah, but he's Jesus, and he knows he's not going to get leprosy, and he's going to heal the man, and blah, 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 blah. That's a Steveism. uh Send a note to Steve and Priscilla and just say, hey, thinking of you, it might be a Facebook message if we have our phone number, their phone numbers or text, they might not get it. Or an email, they might get that. But um, ism blah, 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 blah. All the, all the excuses we come up with when Jesus is demonstrating, roll up your sleeves and, and, and go get involved in the mess of ministry. And this is messy ministry. Now, he goes on and says to the man, after he healed him, immediately leprosy left him. Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest because that was the, the law. That's what they were supposed to do. Go show themselves to the priest so they could be confirmed as clean. And then offer sacrifices, the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. That In his testimony, look, we're not circumventing uh, the, the prescribed order uh, of the Jewish code. We're going to follow it. And then verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed. There was hearing and healing uh, of their sickness, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, I had an invitation. I haven't responded to it yet. I had an invitation to speak at a healing event in Pakistan from right here, from online and but it, it was going to be a healing event and like I'd, I'd never done healing events it's not not quite the way that i'm wired not quite the way i roll and yet it may be a necessity in pakistan to do those types of things to establish the, the, and verify the gospel muslim country you know muslims they will say well yeah jesus is one of the prophets and, and right along with muhammad and but yet, to see that Jesus isn't just a prophet, Jesus himself is God. T- to me, verse 15, there were two things. There was the hearing and the healing. There was the, the, there was the preaching, and then the, there was the touching and the healing that that, uh, that took place. Now, there's one more thing I, I want to underscore here, and I, I might stop here. Um, I'm going to stop here. We'll pick up the paralytic tomorrow. But in verse 16, it says this. I mean, I'm not I'm not ending yet, folks, but I'm, I'm I'm not going to go further in the passage than verse sixteen. It says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, solitary places and prayed. And uh so Walter calls this benevolent detachment just you and God says Jesus often did this his model was to do this for me uh there's a couple things uh, there's the uh diverting daily like at 3:30 a.m. and uh uh to sit in my chair with my Bible open, and usually something I, I read something I end up sharing it on Facebook and uh, Instagram and, and TikTok uh, to inspire other people uh, because I'm just that's the way I roll. That's the way I'm wired to to all the time wanting to be encouraging people in the things of God. Uh, but the, the necessity to divert daily to have that time with God. Now, for you, maybe maybe with me, I'm part of your diversion. I would encourage you. That you need more than listening to me blab on for thirty minutes. Uh you 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 need more. Maybe it's okay. Now you go back and read through the text a time or two and say, God speak to me further than whatever Jim communicated to us. But then there was also G says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Uh another practice of uh withdrawing weekly and here's the idea of withdrawing weekly the idea of withdrawing weekly is shabbat uh, it's the idea of a sabbath it's the idea of taking that time to uh, to just be with god and you know Sh- sabbath saturday we we make it well okay i'm not working but i'm gonna go shopping uh, or I'm going to do all these house projects when we, what we need is to put stuff aside and be with God. Uh, maintain monthly to maybe work in an extra an extra day or abandon annually where, you know, you, you get a few extra days uh, all strung together. Uh, maybe it's a part of a vacation where you say, okay, I'm going to do all these vacation things. I'm going to take these two or three days. And these are going to be my monastery days and what I'm thinking of in some of my travels and some of the places that I have gone. Usually we're seeing our kids and things like that, so or I'm visiting people. But you know, to tack on to those types of trips a few days, especially if we're in places where they have these wonderful cathedrals where you can sit and, and contemplate and meditate and practice solitude and silence, uh, or it, it also can be in the wilderness of northern Maine. But Jesus gave the example of withdrawing to places and being with God and praying, as we read right here in verse sixteen. Folks, there is a lot. Just to, we've only done one, two, three, four, five verses, and, and look at all the lessons that we that we were able to derive from these. Uh, from these five verses, I mean, a Jesus taking them out. Uh, it was on the job training, so that that is one lesson. Uh, another lesson is uh, the idea of humbling ourselves before God. It says the man fell face face uh, his with his face to the ground and begged him. Uh, so the idea of, of humbling ourselves before God, the acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God that God will do what God's will is. Uh, and the fourth lesson is, but you can make me clean. So, you know, there is confidence in God's ability. Uh, there, There is surrender to a sovereignty and confidence in God's ability. And then we see Jesus getting dirty. Another another piece here, he reaches out, he touches the man. Uh, and, and one of the things I wanted to get into, and I, I didn't quite get there this morning, uh, was some of the ministry that we, we can do both by ourselves as well as... Uh, detachments of people from a local church. Uh, Tomorrow, I'm saying this to remind myself, to remember that, uh, to talk about the the street pastors in Bangor and uh, how to reach out, how to get outside uh, the walls of the church and reach out to people. Uh, So there's, there's that lesson. We see Jesus reaching out his hand. Uh, we see Jesus also saying, "Hey, follow the prescription of the law," verse fourteen, uh, and we we see Jesus both preaching and healing uh, in verse fifteen. But then the example of Jesus withdrawing to lonely places and praying. There is so much in those in those five verses that you could take to heart, that you could take home. And when when I get done. Here you could say, I'm going to set with these five verses and maybe get out a piece of paper and write out some things and say, God, what do you want me to do? So um I don't remember what title I gave this today, but Jesus modeled compassionate outreach. We we've brushed up against that. I mean, it, it was compassionate. The people in his day would have said, Run away, run away. And I've already said that. But Jesus didn't run away. Jesus went right to it and touched the man and brought healing to the man. And Sometimes we're afraid to be around smelly people. Sometimes we're afraid to be around people that have bad breath. Sometimes we're, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Sometimes we're afraid to be around people who may say curse words, or you know, we get all put out by that. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I want to show people Jesus, Mm -hmm. and I hope you do too. On the job training, uh, learning compassionate outreach, Jesus modeling compassionate outreach. Jesus modeling dependence on the Father as demonstrated by him withdrawing to lonely places and praying. Lord, help us to learn from you. Help us to follow you. Help us to be like you. And as Walter has concluded, may the words of our hearts and the meditations of our minds be acceptable today. In your sight, O Lord our God, our Lord and our Redeemer, in Jesus' name, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Have a good day, folks. See you tomorrow.